0: choice
1: I leave to you. Hello, and welcome back to Keanu Believe It, the Talk Film Society podcast that is all Keanu Reeves all the time. I'm Sam Van Herren, assistant editor at TFS and a lifelong fan of the singular Keanu Reeves. I will be your guide through his diverse and interesting career. Each week, a guest and I discuss a film from his filmography, which we're working through in chronological order. On this episode, we'll be discussing The Watcher. I'm happy to have Adrian Torres back on the show to discuss the 2000 serial killer mystery film. Uh, How's it going, Adrian? Um,
0: Well, it was better until I had to sit through this again.
1: (laughs) Well, I am glad, I mean, we had you on for, uh, for people who've been listening, uh, The Prince of Pennsylvania, yes. and I remember you requested to be on for a also bad movie, but one that's a little more in your wheelhouse and a little just more fun to talk about.
0: Uh, I, I'll, I'll say that maybe the only reason that I'm, I'm willing to do that is I'm somebody who in life is always willing to kind of sacrifice himself to help <laughs> other people out, and I, I feel like this movie kind of fits that bill.
1: Uh, yeah, I would agree uh, I mean, I had fun watching it But I wonder, I mean, it's like It's one of those things where I was watching it with my brother And so we were enjoying how <laughs> bad it is Like, it's it's really just Oh, man uh, So much to talk about uh, Oh, Jesus But the uh, Just, I mean, just even the quality of this thing It just looks like it's uh, Like an ABC pilot from this time Like, that's the way it feels Like, the uh, I mean, I didn't. I hadn't even heard about it before. Uh, so you had seen this? Uh, you said it again. So in the theaters. Running, in yeah. The theaters. Oh wow. I saw, yeah.
0: I saw it originally in theaters opening weekend.
1: Oh wow. Uh, yeah. Weird. I mean, I because around this time, I mean, this is when I was uh, starting to become uh, you know fascinated with Keanu, uh, you know, more in depth with his stuff. But I don't remember, and I remember a lot of these trailers from the early. Two thousands because again this is when I was starting to get into movies but this one completely missed me. Uh, so what was your history with it? Seeing it in theaters, did you uh, enjoy? You didn't enjoy it?
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, as the movie, right before I hit play, I wanted to write something down that had been stuck in my mind, um, and so I'll just read you what it is. Cause cool. then we'll get into it. Cause getting into the movie, I was like, "Oh wow! Oh wow! Oh oh okay." I put there's four distinct things that have always been stuck in my mind when it came to this movie, like since seeing it in theaters in two or you know in two thousand, and that's one, Keanu Reeves dancing. Two, I remember it being filled with a whole bunch of extended helicopter shots. Three. James Spader inexplicably uh, injecting himself with something. And then an extended um, sequence inside a camera store.
1: Yep. All of those things happen in this movie.
0: Early on, too. Yes, very early
1: on. And it's the movie where Keanu Reeves plays a serial killer and stalker. Uh, Yeah. So, let's get into it. Did you
0: read the... um, I almost feel like for the audience and I hope you're okay with this. Otherwise no one will know. And this will magically be edited out. But do you, did you read up on the background for this movie?
1: Uh, yeah, a little bit just, you know, before I started recording that it was basically, uh, or according to Keanu, he was like forced into making it.
0: And see, it was, it. it's weird. And I just wanted to mention this for the audience before they listen to us, mm-hmm. because it, it helps fill in pieces of this movie. You can go on to IMDb or Wikipedia and, and see the um, the trivia on there. And some of it makes sense and some of it doesn't make sense. The guy who directed this movie hasn't really done anything. But he right. did shoot uh, tour footage for Dogstar, which is Keanu Reeves' um, mm-hmm. band. There's, right. two, there's two different stories from here. The first story is that Keanu Reeves was told early on when the guy was like, Uh, was shooting this footage was like, Hey man, I've got this idea for this movie. And I'd wondered if you'd want to do a small part in it. And Keanu Reeves being the nice guy that he was, was like, yeah, sure. If it's a little thing, I'd, I'd like to help you out. Another version of it says that um, he knew the guy and was kind of a friend of his and that um, his assistant ended Mm -hmm. up forging his (laughs) signature on a contract. Th- that's the basic part of it either way he was kind of duped into to doing this movie which he originally thought was going to be a small part regardless of what his involvement was right the guy basically went and used the fact that he knew keanu reeves to sell this movie mm-hmm. as as kind of his uh big directing part hollywood gets a hold of it Gives the script to a couple Hollywood uh, script doctors who end up making Keanu Reeves' part bigger because mm-hmm. of the fact that this was they were going to be filming this just a year after the Matrix hit and kind of wanted to cash in on that and then were able to secure James Spader and Marisa right. Tomei who were in a weird kind of flux state of theirs. But then when Keanu got, I guess. The script, no one knows at what point, but shortly before shooting, he got the script and he thought about um, just dropping out from the film. Sure. And, and somebody, nobody knows if it's his agent or whoever it was, mentioned to him, hey, remember what happened to Kim Basinger a couple years ago? Because back in, I think it was like 94, or 95, she had said that she'd be in the movie Boxing Helena. When she heard more about what it was about, she decided to drop out of the film. Hadn't signed anything, just gave her verbal word. The filmmakers decided to sue her and told the court that they lost approximately $6 million because of her not being in it. The judge decided to side with the filmmakers, even though they didn't have any written documents saying that she was going to be on board, and said that Kim Basinger owed $6 million. That put her into bankruptcy, and she ended up uh, filing an appeal in which she got half the settlement back, which she then had to use to pay off the first time she was in court, as well as the lawyers of the second time. And that when he was told that story, that's when Keanu Reeves said, okay, I will do it, but I want my, um, my face um, basically off of the majority of the promotional material, which,
1: which is Yeah, yeah. poster,
0: yeah Yeah, which is why you have this terrible poster where you can <laughs> tell it's Keanu Reeves you just can't see his face and he was told that he couldn't badmouth the film until a year after it came out, which is why there's this really weird article from The Guardian
1: that right. has him shit-talking the movie. That's like 150 words, like a very short article, yes uh, <laughs> It's, it's, the, the, it's yeah. more exciting than the movie itself It is, and the poster even uses a, like, Matrix rip-off font, so... (laughs) uh, And, uh, so yeah, let's get into the movie. Uh, Yes. Okay, so the uh, opening titles show uh, Spader chasing some guy who, yeah, we find out it's Keanu, Uh, and this first scene, okay, this is, as you said, lots of extended helicopter shots.
0: Exactly. I was surprised by the way. I was like, I thought this was in the middle of the movie, not the opening.
1: Yeah, and, uh, yeah, right away, so after this weird uh chase sequence. Uh it then cuts to a scene of the like FB SWAT like coming for uh Keanu. Uh and this scene uh is yeah, as you said, also right to him uh dancing, Keanu dancing. Uh maybe doing like Tai Chi kind of thing with a gun and lots of freeze frames. And again, this is where <laughs> it comes to like where I thought that it felt like a like a TV pilot. Like the some uh, TV director trying to show off with doing a lot of uh, slow mo and freeze frames and stuff that doesn't is completely unnecessary. Uh, and it's set to Rob Zombie's Dracula, which yep. is also in uh, the you know the famous rave scene from The Matrix. Uh, so I wonder if that was put you know clearly. Uh, I don't know the, I again IMDb trivia. I don't know you know accurate that is, but it says something about <laughs> like it's an actual reference to The Matrix. Uh, I don't know, but it's just very memorable. It's a very memorable and confusing opening. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's, he does he does the little devil horn things too. Oh, while yeah. squatting in the corner, <laughs> right? And it's very confusing if this is supposed to be because of that opening titles being like uh, Spader chasing Keanu conceivably in the past.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, then cutting to this scene, it makes you think. That this is part of that, like the time that they maybe almost caught him, but that's not true at all. Uh, I thought it was like, is this an ending first situation? And I honestly didn't know until the last fifteen minutes that indeed it was an ending first situation. Uh, because woof the editing in this. Um, but yeah, so basically, uh, James Bader played an FBI agent who was hunting this uh, serial killer and you know serial stalker and killer. Yeah. Uh, known as David Allen Griffin because uh, he's got to have three names because he's a serial killer uh, and then basically he like failed at catching him uh, We see these flashbacks uh, that are almost just like you know trauma like trauma flashbacks like we're not clear exactly what's happening uh, but basically something happened where uh, spader either it's again unclear until way later in the movie <laughs> whether. Uh, Spader was fired or like uh, is just on leave because of something traumatic that happened uh, and also he's like injecting it again there's your third point uh, suddenly injecting himself with something it's
0: well because he, he he wakes because we see Keanu Reeves um, in the in the building and everything at the beginning but then it cuts to him being in a in a different building right and we see him. The only time it happens in the entire movie, and it's not explained, he's washing blood off his hands while staring in the mirror, but he's talking to James Spader's character, and then it cuts to James Spader waking up. It's never confirmed whether James Spader was dreaming about his character, because as we learn later in the movie, he until like 40 or maybe an hour into the film, he's never seen Keanu Reeves' character. Right. But you're never told if this is supposed to be Keanu Reeves actually talking to Spader because it's just part of his his crazy psychosis. James Spader starts vomiting on the floor, rubbing his head, takes some medicine, and then injects himself.
1: And they don't, don't again, another thing, they don't explain what this is. It's like, is he a heroin addict now because of his traumatic experiences? But no, it's just like supposed to be migraine medication that he has due to guilt. But like,
0: uh, <laughs> but he's taken like three or four different migraine medicines and then proudly <laughs> proclaims it to Marissa Tomei.
1: And for some reason, he's injecting it in like the subcutaneous tissue of his stomach, <laughs> yes, to like hide it for some reason. Um, and yeah, so basically, he's like, so this opening scene that again turns out to be a ending first deal, uh, has the it which has made me think that it was, this was supposed to be the time that they almost caught him the first time, which isn't true because they've never yeah. seen him before. So clearly it can't have been. Uh, but basically that he's the reason that I think that is because he's narrating through to Marissa Tomei, who's his yeah. therapist. Uh, and yeah, just Marissa Tomei. Oh man, I feel so bad for her cause she's literally nothing to do until she suddenly needs to be a damsel. Uh, and basically just to be there for Spader to monologue at, uh, So, yeah, basically, uh, now uh, he's living in Chicago in this, like, you know, sparsely furnished, run-down apartment. Uh, He plays uh, an FBI agent on leave. Uh, So, yeah, no one has ever seen him, uh, but basically now uh, it shows Griffin's in this kind of uh, dazed routine where all he does is sit in his apartment, have migraines, and eat Vietnamese food. And he walks home and realizes that there's a crime scene and his, you know, his downstairs, downstairs neighbor. Yeah. Uh, and he's like completely just blowing it off. And he like talks to the detective in charge and says, Oh, she was murdered. Huh? Uh, and the, uh what's this actor's name? The, uh, let's see. He's a one of those that guy actors. He's, uh,
0: he's very much a that guy actor.
1: Yeah. Uh, Chris Ellis. Uh, but yeah, there's this, uh, so he basically, uh, just kind of blows this off. Uh, but then he goes home and realizes that basically there's another character quirk where he just doesn't open his mail. Uh, <laughs>
0: Sometimes for two weeks is what he says.
1: Yeah. Uh, and so there's these two FedEx envelopes. He opens them. They have pictures of uh, the victim. But this is again where it's confusing. Where are these two different two different women?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's it's two different pictures because he shows up at the police station. Um, Later the next day, after getting off the phone with um, with Hollis, who's Chris Ellis, um, and he brings in the two the two pictures, and he ends up saying, "Oh, okay this this confirms that we thought mm-hmm. these two um, these two right. you know cases were together." If you if you don't know who Chris Ellis is, he's been in stuff like Armageddon and uh, The Island, transferred lots of Michael Bay stuff, but he was also mm-hmm. in Apollo thirteen as deke slayton who's one of the main nasa guys you see so Mm -hmm. he's if you saw him just look up his name chris ellis you'll see him you'll know exactly what (laughs) he looks like and you'll be able to hear the sound of his voice and you understand his character
1: right yep that's who he is uh and Mm -hmm. so yeah he uh again like he says like that it was three days ago so if he had opened his mail maybe he would have seen this picture before uh, who, who knows it, maybe but maybe not uh, it's so he uh, goes to you know calls the detective on the case who gave him his number yeah and there's this great ridiculous scene that just had me howling so uh, it's not supposed to be funny maybe it is the, I don't know. the, the car chase yes the car chase uh, so he calls him in the middle of a car chase and he's like no it's fine we can talk uh, and then uh, there's this scene where he So, like, he ends up, it becomes a foot chase through, like, uh, set in Chicago, so it's, like, through, like, a uh, Riverside house or something, and he, like, jumps, there's, like, a scene where the perp is, like, on the pier, and then, uh, this, Ellis does this, like, (laughs) super cop jump at him, uh, and then he's never seen, shown to do that again. Uh, Oh, no, no,
0: because, like, because if he had done that in real life, he would have been dead. Like, the (laughs) fact that they had him do it is, like, that's not the type of character this is, nor at any other point do they have... He's the type of guy who, who when um, when James Spader actually meets up with him in the next scene after this, he goes, nothing, nothing like a good serial killer to kick off the holiday season.
1: Yeah. Uh, also, yeah basically- also,
0: we don't right. know what holiday season it is. This is a movie. Every other movie, when they mention the holiday, you have things all over the place, letting you know if it's Halloween, if it's Thanksgiving, if it's 4th of July, if it's Christmas, if it's New Year's. He mentions that, and then the fact that a a holiday is somewhere has nothing to do with the rest of the film.
1: Right. I mean, you could, based on the season that it's in, it's, there's no snow on the ground, but people are wearing coats, so it's gotta be late fall, so it's probably Thanksgiving, but again, you're right, like, there's no turkeys anywhere, there's no, like, uh, seasonal, it's, the season does not matter remotely, so why have that line apart from, you gotta give him that line, you know, he's that kind of cop, uh, who also does super cop jumps that are maybe on wires, because like it's physically Uh. impossible the way he jumps, uh, there's a lot of gifable moments in this movie that I, uh, will make, or others, please send them to us, but, uh, and then Ernie Hudson, uh, shows up, Uh,
0: for four minutes,
1: yeah, he plays, uh, I get, again, this is where I was confused, where I was like, where I slowly realized that that scene was set, uh, you know, at the beginning. It didn't have like a title card saying two hours earlier, uh, or two weeks earlier, or whatever. But, uh, so basically, Campbell comes, or Spader comes to Ernie Hudson, who's the agent in charge of the Chicago office, uh, but also presumably, was he in L.A.? It's no, very confusing. No. no.
0: Okay. Because he mentions that the entire reason why James Spader is standing in his office is because he looked at the L.A. case. Oh, laws. right. Right. Because uh, Ellis, of course, would have handed the, the information that showed that it's probably a serial killer off to whoever his supervisor was, and the supervisor would have informed the people at the, the local FBI just to let you know, hey, looks like there's a chance that there's a serial killer. Is there <laughs> a chance that you'd be able to throw in on this? When they look at the M.O. and everything, Ernie Hudson probably was like, let's throw it through the database. Oh, we've got a hit that stuff like this has happened before. And on their police report that they have, that the person that they they questioned who brought in the pictures is this guy who's a former FBI agent. I'm going to call him and see if there's any way that we can bring him out of whatever position he was in. Because it says online continually that he's a former FBI agent. Or a retired FBI agent, and he just kind of sh- like uh, the second or third time you see him in the movie, went once people have been killed, mm-hmm. he's magically in a suit and he's got a badge and everything <laughs> again.
1: Yeah, and I like how. Uh, yeah, exactly. There's the yeah. It's unclear if like he's supposed to be like a disgraced agent, but the way that he's just like, okay, come on back. Uh, he's like, I want. Yeah. He, he straight up comes in and says like, I want the case, like. Cool. Uh, we'll and, do that. And,
0: one of, and one of the FBI agents even refers to him as Captain Barbiturant. Right. Which doesn't uh, make sense. Do, do they have the level of captain in the FBI?
1: And do they know that he's uh, using a, a drugs at this point? Because
0: like, that's uh, the guy who literally, like five minutes earlier, was, did, did the thing that I hate so many times in movies, where he just goes, who the hell is that guy? like dude you work at the fbi you've been assigned to this case they gave you the case files if ernie (laughs) hudson had the case files he handed them to you you have pictures of this guy you're just clearly not doing your job or the people who are writing this film are that shitty
1: uh yeah and so well so he basically you know does the thing where he blows it off like you know everything it's in the case files i'm not going (laughs) to help you uh and uh and then he has these fl- more flashbacks where it's we're, we're starting to see that uh basically it's probably one of griffin's uh victims uh who's in some way connected to Campbell we don't know why i mean it's, maybe it's just what like cuz he keeps having uh flashbacks of her like on the beach and like you know uh you know her be, like being romantic but then uh he never he never mentioned that he was you know in a relationship or anything I so we find out more about that later, but uh, and now this is where Griffin does his little, you know, stalker game. Uh, it's which is uh, it makes sense why Keanu originally, if, if that thing where he's saying where he was just going to be basically a cameo appearance, maybe in the, like the last scene, it makes sense because, like you said, it's supposed to be that no one's ever seen him. Yeah, uh, and it would you could see that the movie would be just all about like the obsession. Of uh, Campbell and like how yeah. Yeah, of Spader and how this is all affected because the original title was driven, but then they couldn't use that because of that Sylvester so Stallone movie that came out uh, <laughs> the next year. Uh, but like you can see that it would just be about the FBI agent haunted by this uh, guy that no one's ever seen. And so, of course, that you know, you could be watching him at all times. Um, but so now he does this, but now you can see that these scenes are just basically just added in because oh, yeah. now we have Keanu to be in it for basically uh, as much as Spader's in it. Um, and he, like, finds this girl at a uh, photo store. So, oh, there you go, your fourth point. Uh, now in a photo store. By, by minute 20, by the way. <laughs> uh, and then he starts being creepy. But honestly, people, you know, I think Keanu was nominated for a Razzie for, I, mean, I, don't, I don't give a shit about the Razzies, but anyway, people talked about it at the time, like how bad his performance is. And it's not good. I mean, it's not great. But like at the same time, I don't think he's necessarily miscast because I think the idea of Keanu playing, uh, you know, seductive, uh, charming serial killer kind of makes sense. Like no, no, people no. would. I I'll,
0: I'll finish your point and then I'll jump in because I. Okay.
1: <laughs> I'm just. All I'm saying is that I could spy people. At, at least not the sinister part, but at least the like uh, charm that. You let your guard down around him. I don't know. That's just my... uh, Especially in one scene where he, like... Later, where he likes dancing with one of his potential victims. Uh, But yeah, go ahead.
0: I I was going to say, no. The only way that it works, if if it's, like, an unassuming serial killer, and not a serial killer whose character, which we can discuss in a minute for a deeper point, is basically being presented as, like, the Joker-equivalent to Batman. Okay. Yeah, and, that, that's fair. Yeah, And, and, that, and that kind of, the, the dogged pursuit that there is doesn't really work. And it's not entirely Keanu's fault. Part of it's because uh, of the writing and the situation that he was in where you can tell he's just trying to give it the bare minimum to get yeah. it through with. But Keanu, as an actor, he's one of those people that when you're working with him, he mostly knows what his range is. Right. but But there's times that they want to cast him as something else, and if you ask him to do something that he's not really attuned to, it's gonna make him seem stupid, but that's right. not his fault, that's somebody else trying to do it if you if you know the bounds that he's within, you can do that and if you have him be like a serial killer uh, on like the level of like a Lifetime movie, where he's like a kind of nice uh, in between of like a surfer dude and Ned Flanders next door, right. and and seems like just an an everyday guy. But then it turns out that people who piss him off, he you know takes and kills or something right. like
1: that. But, but yeah, but, for, I, I get what you're saying for this type of serial killer, yeah, no, no, it's no, not, no really, not, yeah. not
0: this. He can't he can't be the the one who's somewhere between like the Joker and Jigsaw,
1: right? Where he's like actively playing games and where he. He's not like- he's just doing this because he's like yeah like he even talks about like almost being in a relationship with uh Campbell, which is very yeah. you know joker Batman uh yeah so i I agree but in just in, I just mean in like so what my point would be more to say that like these initial meetings where he like uh, grooms the victim, like I could see yeah. that working, but yeah, you're right. So
0: and, and, and well, I mean, it's it, that's that's just because it's Keanu, and there's, yeah. there's there's few people out there who would probably be like, I'm not going to give you the time of day, right? But but, like, at, but at the same time, the way they present Griffin is that he while he's coming up with like all these elaborate things, he's also the biggest idiot on the planet because it, there's the part where where Campbell's literally like, you know what? do you think he's actually watching us right now? And he goes out the backside of of the building and walks around the side, and that's when Camden's been sitting in his (laughs) shitty, beat-up car across the street. And it's just like, oh, crap, I should get out of here. before. Yeah, and he,
1: like, like backs into a car. It's, like, very, like, oh, crap, I didn't know they were going to find me, because why would they?
0: (laughs) It's like, but in any other movie, he would be at a high vantage point where he could easily get away without the guy finding him. He's just sitting in the car. And also... (laughs) I would like somebody to explain to me why everything that we see through Keanu Reeves' eyes is of, like, a 1999-era camcorder. Because that's not how eyes work.
1: No. uh, I mean, yeah, and it's not like – yeah, it's not like someone – it's not like, uh, you know, Halloween where it's like a point of view shot. It's just like uh, that someone's – but, like, he's not – uh, they don't they don't show him using cameras. Like maybe that, that you know, like but no, that's, he, that's he his, that's that's his eyes. So, yeah. See,
0: like I thought that they were trying to do like some weird analogous type thing. Except for when he's following Spader later in the movie, when he goes to Marissa Tomei's office, when he looks at the board where can't or where uh, Spader just walked by, it switches to the to the really crappy um, yeah camcorder aspect, and like you see Spader like his shoulder. And then you see the words, and you're like, no, they're showing it from his point of view. Why are they saying this is what his eyes look like?
1: Yeah, and, like, to your point, that the fact that he would, like, just be sitting in a car, but he's supposed to be this, like, <laughs> proficient, uh, like, killer that's never left any DNA. Uh, they've never seen, they don't even know his real name. Like, yeah. and he, uh, but it's weird that they would, why would they even have an alias if they've never, if they don't know what he looks like, or yeah. even like anything about him besides the fact that like he's gone by this alias, but he's also at this point he's never heard his voice until now. Uh, where basically he, this he is also where...
0: yes, that, that's my favorite part. He continually forgets what the guy sounds like <laughs> on the phone.
1: Yeah. Uh, so this, this first thing is Griffin starts like basically a game, uh, which again doesn't make sense for a serial killer to like suddenly start a game. Like why he's killed twelve people at this point and now and. Now he's deciding to come up with some new uh, mode of operations. Like, okay, cool. Uh, so he creates this game where he like, I'll send you a picture and you have a you have a day to find her before I kill her. Uh, so this, he does this girl in uh, this no- nerdy girl in a Photoshop, uh, and then there's like again, this is where it almost operates like a uh, a cop procedural where it's like this episode they're analyzing a picture and trying to figure out what's in the background, like that's a lot of time spent on trying to analyze this picture, uh, instead of trying to like break into the psyches of Campbell and Griffin, it's just trying to be like entertaining. Like, ooh, it's a, it's a whodunit. Like, how are they <laughs> going to find out? How are they going to find this girl? Uh, put in a lot of effort to that for someone who's just going to die. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, the,
0: the, the, the first girl that they're looking for, the Photoshop girl, uh, James Spader looks at his watch and sees that they have 13 minutes left, and he goes... She's dead. We're not going to get there. She's
1: dead. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then they still rush after, like, he starts, like, getting really pissed off. Uh, at the, so basically, like, yeah, and then there's this unnecessary scene where the the girl is, like, talking, she's, like, she's a cat lady, cat girl, and her mom calls and says, like, that someone's, that her nurse is, like, poisoning her. Uh, like, I guess <laughs> it's supposed to say that, like, Uh, she's not paranoid, but she really should be because there's a serial killer in her uh, closet. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and then, uh, so she dies. Uh, Campbell gets really, you know, upset about it. Uh, Then they have this funny scene where him and Ellis are chilling in that Vietnamese place, and this is where he does that uh, chase scene. Uh, And then, like, Griffin just gets away, but it's very hard to tell how he got away, like... I think <laughs> he, he crashes into four cars. And, yeah, and Campbell's, like, just running instead of, like, going to get the car, like... He's like, I'm going to run after him. Uh, and then... Uh, yeah, so then he goes to see his therapist again, and this is where... Uh, yeah, like, so he heard him talk uh, on the phone, and now he runs into him in the elevator. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, and he even talks to him, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And it's one of those classic, like... <laughs> bump into each other oh that's cute uh uh and then yeah and now he finds out that uh griffin is seeing this therapist uh dr polly played by uh, marissa tomei and uh like and then it's kind of abandoned that he like followed her like it's never mentioned again until conveniently we need a reason for her to be the damsel yeah Uh,
0: because because he picks up the next uh the next victim
1: Right, uh, yeah, he goes after this basically this girl, uh, this kind of like, uh, you know, alt chick from the, you know, in the just basically your 90s, like, uh, street kid. Yeah. Uh, and but then it's like, and then they for someone, for sort of these rules that he's like going to have a game with them, where he sends a picture to uh, uh, Campbell, this second girl, they never show us that scene. It just, like, assumed that, like, we meet the girl. We meet uh, Keanu, like uh, talking to his girl, sort of dancing with her, uh, and then later the FBI agents just have her picture. Like they don't explain. Well, they,
0: they, 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 they said it's it's very very quiet, which is why I have subtitles on when I know it's going to be a crappy movie because they they usually bury the dialogue. But there <laughs> there is somebody who says uh, when they're on the phone, "Hey, we've got a we've got another photo."
1: Oh, okay. And my, I think actually now I'm remembering like a news report, like. Uh, Jane Doe number two or something, but like
0: no Jane yeah. number two. Sorry, that pissed me <laughs> off because they they said what the police are calling Jane number two,
1: <laughs> which earlier that was not what they referred to the first girl as. No. Uh, and uh, yeah, so uh, he goes to the, you know, uh, and then as he's searching for so as they're doing more of this procedural stuff where he's like working with the FBI agents to try to find the second girl. Uh, Griffin goes to meet with uh, Marissa Tomei. And again, these scenes play very much like... Up until maybe like two days before filming, they weren't sure how much Keanu was actually (laughs) going to be in it. So that they like just These scenes are just... You could completely lift these scenes and not really change the movie much. Uh, But like... uh, Again, it's always fun seeing... Or fun, sad seeing Keanu... Uh, interact with with actors that he's never been in movies with before in really <laughs> shitty ones. So, like, oh, God. Uh, when we watched, uh, or, like, you know, Feeling Minnesota, where he's in uh, with Cameron Diaz, and then they are never work together again, but I'd like to see them work together in something that's not... Oh, yeah, you know, it's not shitty. Yeah. Uh, makes me sad.
0: And, that, and that's kind of how you feel about the Mursa Tomei scene. Because, like, the weird theory about this this movie is that clearly they wanted to get Keanu to, to be in the movie because of the success of The Matrix. Mm-hmm. But the way they present everything in the movie and the other people that they cast felt like these are people who who need a job. Like While Keanu was, was big after The Matrix, it kind of made it feel like, let's hit on him now because he's probably not going to have anything a couple months from now. Mm-hmm. And it felt like for Marisa Tomei and James Spader that they were trying to burn off people like that they had under contract and they're like, we got to get one more film out of them so we can get out of this contract. Let's just burn it away. (laughs) And in the back of their mind, it almost seems like these people aren't suddenly going to have a career resurgence in like 10, 12 years from now, all at the same time. So that this (laughs) becomes a really weird blip on the radar. But here we are in 2018 and Marissa Tomei is big and has had a a big run for the last few years. And she's in the Marvel universe. Now you've got James Spader, who was on The Office, then had the blacklist and was in a Marvel movie. And then you've got uh, Keanu Reeves, who just got bigger and bigger and bigger as time went on. And it wasn't that he all of a sudden had a career resurgence, as it's just more people caught on to that he was being cast in in better and better things. Save 47 Ronin, which we won't talk about.
1: (laughs) Right. So it's not, yeah, it's it's a weird thing, because it's not really just a blip, like, oh, this is what they did before they got, yeah, you're right. It's like they were actively, like, Keanu was obviously huge at this point, again, uh, and then those two, like, yeah, so it's just this weird, the way it lays on their filmographies is just like, no, this is just a shitty movie that shouldn't have, been, shouldn't have happened in this, but it's like, but it did, and now we have to watch it. <laughs> but, uh, so, back to the uh, plot, I guess.
0: Uh, is... <laughs> oh, oh, we didn't. And see, this is where things get get weird. Yeah, and so I almost feel like we should skip over the little bit because they've got the second, um, they've got the second girl who, of course, is going to die. Just that's how the right. movie plays. Cause, out. Yeah,
1: her mom calls it in, and then like there's this weird scene with like showing basically showing every band, you know, every uh, '90s like uh, grunge and goth band, <laughs> just because that's what we need to show. Uh, yeah. And then like uh, she doesn't give any information into the psyche of the girl apart from that she might work at Seattle's best coffee. (laughs) Like, cool. Thanks.
0: (laughs) Which is, is is another weird through line that the film has where you realize that she doesn't work at Seattle's best. She was sitting out in front of one. So she lied to her mom when she was on the phone, which is exactly what the, the other victim did when she lied to her mom by saying, Oh no, I'm with a guy right now. If you want a name, he's Frank. And then they make sure to say, Oh, Frank was her cat. (laughs)
1: Uh, yeah, so she, uh, yeah, basically they're looking for this girl, uh, and so they find out that she's just a street, like, even the coffee guy, like, they start interviewing all these, like, I love how long it takes them to find the first girl, and then this one is just like, yeah, I know her, she hangs out outside the coffee shop all the time, she's a kid on the street, and it's like, uh, I guess they need to do that because they need to be able to get closer to her before she gets off um, which
0: is my favorite scene of the movie just because it shows a how cheap the movie was and b how much Keanu Mm -hmm. Reeves did not want to be in it. Cause in the chase scene where he's catching up to, to Jane to, to kill her, they have it in this kind of weird abandoned building, Mm -hmm. but it's not Keanu Reeves for 90% of it. He shows up like you can see that it's him when he's talking to her. And then when he gets hit in the face, but everything else, up until he catches her, is a really, really crappy uh, stand-in who looks mm-hmm. more like Adam Driver than Keanu Reeves. <laughs> and the reason you know it is because he's always half standing in light so that you can see his face.
1: Yeah. It's and with this chasing again, it's so inept but so fun to watch just about bad of <laughs> it like the and like unnecessary, and the fact that like uh, you have to imagine Because it's the Decent second unit Stunt stuff Yeah uh, That like Just They had serves no purpose And that like Why is it suddenly An action movie For 20 minutes uh, <laughs> Where like Where it's like Now it's like The fugitive With like uh, oh. Explosions And chasing down Corridors and, Oh my god uh, And then like It becomes a slasher For a little bit Where he's like uh, Where she's like Hiding in this Cubby or something And he's yes. like Slowly pushing uh, The slats open To see her yeah, uh, <laughs> but my like so,
0: of course he kills her. Yeah, and it, it leads to a um, a a car chase. And right, so best, like,
1: yeah, chase. Yeah, he chases them yeah. on the roof, and then suddenly, like he's like jumping off. They're like jumping <laughs> off buildings, sliding down rot wires out of nowhere. Uh, uh And it's like just and uh, the direction is just ter- like it's all. You can see that there's decent stunt work happening there, but you can't yeah. see it because it's all masked by terrible angles and, like, oh just trying to hide things, the fact that this is a terribly shot action movie uh, sequence. So,
0: But uh, he gets in that car, and he drives yeah. away from the cops, um, ends up on, like, the outskirts of town, which I have no idea where he is. You have to drive really far to get that far out of Chicago. Yeah. And he weaves around this corner... Ends up taking out um, three like gas station
1: stalls at a yeah, rundown which, gas station uh, you know, place. Right, like yeah an, ab- yeah, an abandoned like where in Chicago is this weird like yeah abandoned gas station, but all that still has gas in it. Like that's yes. not how things work. Like because <laughs> <it's>, it starts <laughs> it starts shooting
0: up to the heavens. Right, which and is gives not. Up the, I mean, no, that's not how it works. It gets on yeah. the front of his car, and I love how he casually is like, oh, a good way out of this is to light it on fire.
1: Yeah, and so he light, and then yeah, he throws the match out on the roof, and it, like, only, <laughs> for some reason, the gas is everywhere at this point, which means everything's going up, because gas, that's not how gas works, but literally his <laughs> only, the, it's like only the hood of his car is on fire, but then, like, everything explodes. Like, yes. the whole building goes up in this massive explosion, <laughs> Cop cars are disintegrated, but he just drives. But he just like gets out of his car and walks away.
0: No, he drives oh, off. Drives he, away. Yeah, he, he drives, drives off with the front of the car
1: on fire. Oh, <laughs> that's the yeah. level of this movie. Uh, yeah, I mean there, there is gas everywhere, like on his car, uh, in even on him. He and should life be dead. Just, Yeah, it's just on the roof <laughs> of the car because that's where gas works. Uh, oh. And then, yeah. And uh, while this is happening, I mean, they show Spader get into a cop car, but they like never show him. Do they show him? Dur- do they intercut to him no. during this chase? No, no, no,
0: because the the next time we see him is when, um, is when Ernie Hudson and the other guy show up to his apartment and find him passed out in the refrigerator.
1: Right. Yeah. Like. Yeah. They're like, "Where is he? Okay, <laughs> we're gonna break into his house with this, uh, you know, super gadget that we have now." Yes. Uh, this, what was this that lock picking why, why do they have a lock picking <laughs> thing that doesn't exist i don't think but or maybe only in cop shows where they can suddenly have that but uh, yeah he's passed out in the fridge and they don't and then the next thing he's in the hospital and it's like <laughs> why is he exhausted yes. like is it exhaustion i don't know but he's <laughs> it's,
0: it's all the drugs he's been pumping into himself and then mr marissa tomei walks in
1: yeah, I mean, again, bad therapists. Uh, why is she <laughs> just showing up at her patient's hospital room, and why are they flirting like suddenly? Yeah, because uh,
0: her, her reason is is that she wanted to check on him because she doesn't have many clients yet. He's been going to her for like a year. It seems like her building is in a noted part of town.
1: Well, yeah, and when she and during his during her interview with Keanu, she says, "I record all of my patients." Uh, you yeah. know, uh, conversations If you don't have any patients, how do you have Filing cabinets full of people's Recorded conversations? Yeah, because what he goes Through, there's like, there's all those manila Envelopes, so I, I don't know uh, And then, uh, so this is When he, the reason he cares about uh, Early, you know, the reason he cares about these Recordings is because he wants to So he goes in and steals them uh, I guess, and then like Starts listening to them and realizes that uh, Oh, he's in love, you know, he's uh, in love with me too, the, you know the serial killer relationship uh, with me. So like he's also obsessed with this. So this is cool. Uh, and then another gifable moment where he like he's listening to the tape recorder and he like like badass like presses stop on the tape recorder. Uh, it again just made me laugh. It's not supposed to, it's supposed <laughs> to be intimidating and it's just hysterical. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then this is where he like when he's in the ho- Campbell's in the hospital. Uh, and then this is where we finally figure out who this woman that he's been having flashbacks with. Uh, but again, it was still just very confusing Yeah. because they, they finally show the full flashback because uh, the new victim, uh, the new picture is of this already dead person, which the news wouldn't have found that out. Like they wouldn't have known. Like, Well, the police wouldn't person. have known? Yeah. The police wouldn't have known already who his victims were so that they wouldn't spend time getting it to the news to get it out on, because it's not like he sent it to the news, he's sending it to the FBI. So it's all ridiculous. Um, but basically, it's that uh, this, the last case he was working, uh, where he got the closest to him, was, turns out that it was a woman he was sleeping with, uh, a married woman. So again, this is all very confusing, because you're like, oh no, she's not, He's just connected to her because, like you know, she died, and it, he feels yes. bad about it. Wait,
0: which no. which is which is really <laughs> weird when you when they show that scene, um, and and Keanu Reeves, you know, has her tied up and everything, is that in it's still nighttime, but just walking up to the very front of the house is Spader with with flowers to like to go on a date with the woman that he's having an affair with,
1: right? Uh, but it just turns out, oh no, it's actually this guy that I've been hunting for who's killed 10 people at this point. Uh, and I'm now going to chase him. But I'm also having an affair with her. And then, but I'm just going to leave her in this burning house because I'm really yes. committed to finding uh, Keanu. But he, like
0: He kills her. Like, yeah. I'm watching it. I'm like, wait, wait a second. All you have to do is just take two seconds to undo her from the chair, take her outside and say, wait here, I'll be back.
1: But instead he, yeah, just lets her burn as he is... Now I guess really dedicated to finding him, but that's not really what they've established at this point. That he just kind of that maybe kind of just perceives it this way. But then also that scene where he's talking to him with the that still doesn't make any sense. Where he's like, no. uh, like again, that's the only scene where they indicate that he's kind of obsessed with this guy. Because if he's obsessed with this guy, why would he just give up? Because I guess because his mistress died, or his you know the woman he's sleeping with. Uh, he let her die. Anyway, she, so yeah, she, she didn't yeah, just die. Yeah.
0: He he made the conscious choice
1: to let her die. Yeah, uh, and then he you know he does go back, but then it's like you know <laughs> there's fire everywhere, and he tries to bust in. Of course, it's too late. Uh, but basically, he realizes that this is him baiting him. Uh, yeah. So he goes to her grave, and this is where they uh, again, like maybe the only scene. <laughs> uh that Keanu and Spader are together? Is this like, in the last twenty minutes?
0: Drinking brewskis?
1: Uh, yeah, he's like, Yeah, have a beer. Uh <laughs> and uh basically like they have this reveal that like this is why he moved to Chicago because his uh former lover is buried here. Uh and he's like, Is that a real healthy relationship there, Campbell? <laughs> how how uh, often does that
0: does that happen? I'm I i do not know a ton about funerals. So if there's somebody out there who's listening and wants to, to shoot a message to the show and, and then I can find out, but so he, he's in California in LA when he's originally working the case and is having the affair with the woman.
1: And that's where she, her husband is. Exactly. That, that, Cause she's married. It's still like there are, this isn't, this isn't like, uh, she's sleeping with him now. It's that, yeah, she was actively having an affair with him. Yeah. Uh, but I guess her family lives in Chicago. I guess,
0: and so they 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 moved. Like that's just what's weird is that they were like, no, I guess we've got a family plot, so we're going to move your body two thousand miles away, so we can bury it here.
1: So now your husband's going to have to come visit. <laughs> He's Chicago have to take a trip to
0: Chicago yeah. to have the most depressing trip at least once or twice a year.
1: Uh, yeah, and then this is where he says, like, uh, you know, Spader pulls his gun out. Uh, he says, Is "This is what you're going to, you know." Like, I have no problem killing you. Yes. Uh, and he's like, I wouldn't do that. Uh, basically, he has... Now, this is where Marissa Tomei is now a damsel, uh, <laughs> where he has her, and he's like... Uh, he starts saying something about uh, that there's kerosene all over the floor, and there's candles or something. Yeah. And this is like... This made me think, like, this is... Uh, apparently, Christopher Nolan's a big fan of this movie, because this is basically <laughs> the, uh, the Dark Knight, where, like, she's tied up in an abandoned factory or surrounded by uh, kerosene drums. Uh, yep. And I guess the candle... But, like, there's no way you'd... Again, he's supposed to be this Machiavellian genius serial killer, and his big plan is just to have candles uh, <laughs> that eventually will burn down and the kerosene will blow up. Like, real, uh, real efficient there. Super
0: super efficient. They also... This, this scene has one of those moments that feels like it was a flub or a mistake when they're walking out of uh, uh, the graveyard, and Spader makes a big point of saying, no, just take me to her. Here, Here's the gun. You, you can trust me. And they're walking along, and all of a sudden there's a flash on the screen where everything goes white for a second, and you hear a gunshot. Why it goes white, it doesn't make sense, because it's a, an after effect. And then they show Keanu, and he goes, whoa. It's loaded. Like... <laughs> Oh, okay. I, yeah. Did did you accidentally pull the trigger on the set, and that happened, or is he supposed to be surprised that Campbell handed him the gun that was loaded? Because it it just for whatever yeah, reason why that they kept he, it in.
1: Why wouldn't he have it loaded? You're a serial killer. Like he's an FBI agent. Uh, yeah, I don't even remember. I almost just glaze over that because I was just too focused on the fact that now they're uh, in a car <laughs> chatting uh, oh, and. And Keanu's like, uh, why are you, you know, uh, this is serious, man. Like we're, why aren't you taking this seriously? Why do you care about this woman? You should be thanking (laughs) me.
0: (laughs) And he, he, he has, he has a weird speech where he goes, we need each other. We define each other. We're yin and yang, black and
1: white. Ugh, and that's where he actively, yeah. Where he's actively, uh, you know, trying to be a joker guy now, like saying that we have this connection. Yeah. Uh, what would you do without me? Like that kind. Of, but it's complete. Like, where did that come from? All of a sudden, like you didn't. You would have started that when you first started talking to him, wouldn't like? But it's just completely unearned. It's like, okay, we're supposed to believe that uh, they're both equally obsessed with each other, but that's not true. <laughs> no. Uh, so he takes him to see uh, Polly, uh, Doctor Polly, and again, this is that they're at the. Uh, Warehouse at the port, I guess. Like uh, again, there's a lot. There seems to be a lot of abandoned buildings not too far from downtown uh, (laughs) Chicago in this movie. Uh, And then this is where. Yeah, now we finally find out that this is indeed that opening scene with the helicopters. Uh, Again, that's why I was confused because uh, Ernie Hudson is in this scene, is in that helicopter, uh, but then they don't show him again in this recreation of the scene. No. Which is bizarre. Like, it just shows, uh, that I guess SWAT's coming in, um... Like, 5,000 SWAT people. Yeah, uh, exactly. And it's... And then, now and Griffin's just, like, casually chatting with, uh, Campbell, and, you know, he's, like... This is where he says, like, you should thank me. I want you to thank me for coming to Chicago to save your life, because you were, like, you were lost, and I'm helping you, uh... Again, like I'm very confused exactly what Keanu's motivations are. Besides, I mean, I know a serial killer doesn't really need them. Besides, but at least you have to give us something. But instead, it's just you no. Know, he just really his only focus is that he's obsessed with uh, Campbell. Now, uh, I think at some point Griffin says something like, or Campbell says something like, uh, "This is I'm part of his routine now. Like I'm, uh, I became part of his. Uh, like again, not how serial killers work remotely, but." Uh, and so, like, Campbell refuses, and he, there's a scene, like, where he, uh, now he's, like, dancing with uh, Marissa Tomei a little bit, and he does, I, love, but yeah, I just love this scene. I think it all makes it worth it just kind of doing those stupid little dancing moves with a gun while there's candlelight everywhere. Like, that's just such a terrible, terrible uh, scene, but it's, like, just, it had me buckle, double over.
0: Well, it's, it's kind of, I, it's... I feel terrible that we're drawing this conclusion because it it shouldn't be like a a through line that you can come to unless you (laughs) squint and you look at it through a certain light or you're like Sam and I and you're giant dorks. But instantly now when you're describing it, my mind's going back to Joker. Again, Tim Burton's Batman when he's got Kim Basinger (laughs) up on the roof. He's got the gun in his hand when he's... Drink or when he's dancing with her, when mm-hmm. she's half of a cap, captive.
1: So it's both. Yeah, it's so it's both. Uh, you know, has an homage to Batman and it's <laughs> prescient of the future Batman films. Uh, yeah, again, this is this movie is very influential. If you haven't not noticed, it. <laughs> it, it's the only time
0: anybody's going to say that. And somebody, somebody who worked on the movie will will magically find a way to hear this. And in, like, two years, when it's the 20th anniversary, they'll be like, hey, somebody, somebody made sure to point out that, you know, not only were we influenced by Batman,
1: but we may have helped influence the newer Batman. You're welcome. And, uh, yeah, and then I love how, so this, where he's dancing now again is to a different song. Yes. It's not, it's <laughs> that, so they have two different, uh, there are two different dance scenes to two different songs. Uh I don't even know what the second song was, but... It still still felt like a... Yeah,
0: it still felt like like a a Rob Zombie-esque song.
1: Yeah, it just... No, we'll just use a different one because we don't want to pay for that one twice, I guess, but no. You don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to. Uh, (laughs) This this movie... Like, one
0: of the weirdest things about it... If you... I, I didn't bother doing it, but somebody out there who's got more time, more power to you. The soundtrack to this movie... Just feels like it feels like Universal had a stake in a record company <laughs> and was like, We we need to throw stuff out there. Like, I don't know who had a hand in Interscope at that time, but it felt like, okay, we've got these bands that we need to promote. They all kind of vaguely work together, but at the same time, we're going to put them in scenes where that type of music doesn't work at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just it's hilarious to me that there. Again, there are two movies within the same year that use Rob Zombie's Dracula with Keanu, and like Mm -hmm. the fact that one is one of the greatest movies ever, and one of (laughs) definitely probably the best Keanu movie, and then it's this is just a hilarious. I'm just I'm glad this movie exists just for that completely stupid reason.
0: Uh, Uh, I'm glad that it exists for the for the. CGI fire that shows up on Keanu at the very end. Oh, man,
1: yeah. Okay, so uh, he... Yeah, Campbell, you know, plays along with his, like, okay, you're right, thank you. Uh, and then he attacks uh, Keanu and somehow gets the gun, but it's very... Like, I guess he should well, he, he,
0: he, um, he He's trying to get him closer, and after he says, um, you know, thank you, he, he then pisses him off by saying, you're a job your paperwork when he, mm-hmm. cause he stabs him in the neck with a, a pen. Oh, right. And as Keanu falls back is when he runs over to grab the shotgun and they're both very slowly pointing their guns <laughs> at each other. And then, uh, Spader shoots Keanu's arm that has, uh, the gun in it. So he can go grab Marissa Tomei. And then they stand and stare at the fire.
1: Yeah. And like cops are coming in, uh, and then there's just, like, this explosion. Again, just very confusing uh, well, it's, it's, physics it's, it's, of uh, fire and it's, it's backdraft is, is right. what it is. Because you've got
0: the cops that are coming in who don't notice the smoke that's coming from the door. So
1: now we're going to keep coming in. No, and so ready. when they
0: decide to bang the door in, it causes the backdraft, which causes the explosion to ripple into the hallway, mm-hmm. killing all the, slot, the SWAT team that are right there. Um, and that's when James Spader and uh, Marissa Tomei decide to run through the fire. to the.
1: Yeah, and, and they jump out of a window and you're like, you forgot that they were on the, I forgot for a second that <laughs> they were on the port. Like, what are they going to do? Do they put a mat out? Like, is that what they're doing? No, it's that they're at the water. Uh, and then, yeah, and then it blows, uh, again, unnecessary CGI, crappy CGI <laughs> explosion of Keanu being blasted out the window. Uh, and I thought maybe it was going to be like I thought it was going to maybe like a speed thing where he's like not actually dead and they're going to have like one final uh, you know interaction, but no, he's just uh, full on like Jason Voorhees in the like just really bad makeup like this really bad burn makeup, uh, and then there's this great uh, final shot of it's uh, again it's the narr- same narration that he's giving at the beginning of the movie yes, uh, and then Spader's just like get the body out of here. Like, like the... <laughs>
0: and, then, and then the camera keeps arising, has operatic voices that come in over the soundtrack while they freeze frame for a second on the Chicago skyline. Yes. Uh... That's, that's how you know that the people who made this movie had no idea they were making trash.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's really just... Want, like, because... and. Spader, you know, he actually, does, you know, he does your typical, uh, you know, committed Spader performance. Yeah. But it's like if there's nothing there, it's just it just makes it funny. Like, why is he giving uh, effort to this garbage of a script? Like, it makes because no because sense.
0: it's because it's Spader with hair, and there's a difference <laughs> between Spader with hair and Spader without hair. Spader with hair felt like he could, uh, he had to be the 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 one who was kind of like uh driving the the ship and had to be the person who was kind of self-serious then his hair gets super crazy around like the the time of like between boston legal and uh the office his hair starts going crazy and he he sits back and and has more fun in like a comedic way and then he loses all his hair uh, for the blacklist, where he just he's the one who's uh, sitting back and being uh, <laughs> ridiculous and letting everyone else kind of take the reins.
1: Yeah, do Yeah, like he's the only one having fun. They're just doing the yeah. Like he doesn't care about plot. He's just like yeah. That's this is like an in between Spader. You're right. Like this yeah. is yeah.
0: Uh, so Spader now is Keanu Reeves in this movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, and that's the end of uh, the Watcher. But again, like. Uh, at the end of the Feeling Minnesota episode, I said you should like avoid that movie at all costs because it's just it's trash. But it's not even it's just like feels too long. But this one is like if you're if you're looking for a crap, this is actually an enjoyably bad movie just because it's like it's so absurd and it's like you almost have to if you're a Keanu fan, you almost have to see it just because like this it's just an odd uh, movie that's so bad and it's like if you. You could tell your friends that this movie exists and they'd not believe you, but you'll have stories (laughs) to tell of uh, just insanity.
0: Uh, I I would say keep an eye on it and wait until it's free to stream somewhere. (laughs) If
1: it's on HBO or Cinemax or something, yeah.
0: Or or Netflix or winds up on Prime or becomes one of those free movies that you can watch on Vudu with a couple commercials in there because...
1: Paying four dollars for this is utterly depressing, especially given the quality of the transfer. Because it's not a good one. It's like obviously it's not. No one's gonna. No studio's are gonna. Universal's not gonna pay to make this yeah. high quality release. But uh, be- yeah, it'll, it, at some point it'll be on uh, Encore, so you can, you can watch it
0: there. <laughs> it's at some point it'll be on a a five dollar four film set of Keanu movies at at Walmart yeah only on DVD, of course, so that that would be the the chance to jump at it, I'd
1: say. yeah, it's on it's a three collection of uh you know this uh, hardball 47 Ronin, and uh, <laughs> and the replacements for some reason. no, that,
0: that, no you that, that's perfect. It would be uh, on top, they, they would show the watcher and um, uh, 47 Ronin, and then on the bottom it would show the replacements and hardball. And that, and you're like, that, that'll, that'll why are those hack?
1: movies together? I don't know, but it's a Walmart uh, DVD from China, so that's why. <laughs> there you uh, go. You're enjoying it. <laughs> uh, awesome! Thanks so much for joining
0: me, Adrian. Absolutely. I was. I was. I was glad to save someone else um, from doing it, and I know that you're at the 2,000 point. So I just wanted to say kudos to you for keeping this up, because while while Keanu Reeves is going to. Slowly be in the better place, you know, compared to like what the point that you are right now. That mm-hmm. you've had to sit through some some not so great films, <laughs> and and some not so great films that Keanu's not in a ton of. So um, I, w- I want to say kudos to you for the films that that you've been watching and that you're you're still going strong at this and that you haven't tapped out yet. Because I, I'm pretty sure that other people. Would would decide you know I don't I don't want to do this anymore.
1: Well, at the uh, you know tune in tomorrow section you know earlier on we're like yeah that there were I did make it through the roughest patches and I now it's pretty much I mean yeah we've got the forty seven Ronin that's a while off and right afterwards we have John Wick so it's like you know you know suffering for long periods of time but yeah. I appreciate the kudos thank you for that.
0: Well, I mean you're you're in you're in a weird place because you are going to have a couple uh major stinkers in there because you I mean you have the fun the one that I'm jealous of and I I'll be excited to listen to is you're do, you're doing the gift right Yep that's next Yeah i see I'm excited for that one because I feel like that one's one that kind of fell through the cracks and when you look at the cast now of the people that are in the gift it's it's impressive and it kind of makes it worth you know having to sit through like a sweet november and then uh once you get to like um something's got to give so
1: yeah so uh yeah the gift is next uh thank you for bringing that up Uh, you saved me the plug but i'll plug it anyway uh (laughs) join me next time for yeah which again yeah kate blanchett katie holmes Keanu reeves written by billy bob thornton it's gonna be a good time uh so yeah thanks again for joining me uh and thanks everyone for listening Uh, until then keep being excellent to each other